Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. This episode is titled Martial Arts and Comics. It originally aired January 31st, 2021. Tonight, we're going to talk about Curtis's favorite subject, martial arts in comic books. But before we get started, before we even introduce everyone, I want to remind everybody that uh, Daytona Comic Book Con is a sponsor of our Silver Line streams. Daytona Comic Book Con has not gotten a date yet, but they will be somewhere between September and October. And as soon as they have a date, we will let you know when that date is, and we hope you will make your plans to be there. Um, the other thing I need to tell you is we have about, if I can, if my tab will actually open for me, we've got about one hour left on the Silverline Double Feature, Team Beetle, and Switchblade Kickstarter. Yes, my tab is open, and the numbers that it's showing me is got 109 backers with $3,253 uh, pledged. We are, that means we're about $250 shy of the stretch goal, which is trading cards for Team Beetle and Switchblade. So um, we want trading cards. Apparently, Wubba has a cool new design, which I haven't seen yet, but uh, several thumbs up. So uh, this would be the perfect time to get these those debuted. So 250 bucks, you're out there. I know you are. There's a couple of you are like, ah, I just haven't been able to pull the trigger. You look, you got 57 minutes now to pull the trigger and do that, uh, get that back. So get make on over happen. there, make it happen. Get on over there, take a peek at it. Uh, lots of cool stuff, uh, lots of cool covers. Pete even did a, a cover, one of the covers here. Um, Barb, did you ink one of them? I did. It's sold. She did. Yes. The Twin yes, Beetle one. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. I'm trying. I, I, I can't could, see them in front of me, so I'm like, wait a minute. I think Barb did one too. So packaged and so, yeah. ready to ship out to you tomorrow. Excellent. Yes. And so, as a reminder for those of you who are like, well, you know, Kickstarters, I've been burned, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> They're done. The books are finished. Both of them are, are completely done. Uh, John has yet to write the inside uh, material, and I, I got on him yesterday. So you're saying, what, what, what's he, what's he left to do? So in, in our what books, I, we what have, I forget? not you, John, John Crowther. Sorry, you see, oh. we, we have this uh, little <laughs> intro material. So uh, John Crowther has yet to write that for me, but he says that will be in my inbox uh, tomorrow. Um, and then the only thing we need to do at that point in time, after we collect the money, is send it to the print. Uh, oh, now I got to do the thank you page. I have to fix up the thank you page, and then once that's done, um, it's ready to go to print. But you know, I'll send out. I'll try to send out the surveys as soon as uh, the money gets in. You guys can fill those things out, get them back to me, so that I can make sure everybody's there. And then, yeah, it's off to print. And we've got uh, we've got fast, reliable, super good printing. And I'm pretty sure one of them may be listening right now. Kablam! Is who's going to print our stuff. So uh, we've been super happy with them. Um, they've been super good to us. So we are excited about that. So yeah, that's that. I'm sure I'll probably keep my eye on the uh, on the Kickstarter here. Maybe interject as we go along. But for now, let's go around and uh, we'll introduce everybody to you. I am Roland. 
I am um, the writer of Switchblade, which is uh, kickstarting right now. Um, and I'm also kind of the chief wrangler of the chief cat herder here. So mm-hmm. uh, welcome. And we'll just go, we'll go in this order because this is the order I see you. So remember who you come after. We'll go Barb, Curtis, John, Peter, Wubba, Aaron. Okay, my name's Barb Kelberg. Um, I'm a longtime inker. I'm currently inking and coloring Divinity Number Two. There's a cover for it, and um, I'm the inker on Cat and Mouse. I'm coloring Sirens, and I am the CFO of Silverline. And these guys know that very well because I'm constantly bugging them. <laughs> All right. Next. Okay. Yeah. I'm uh, Curtis Fujita. I'm the creative director at Silverline. I am also the uh, creator of the upcoming title uh, that you can see here that I'm working on live on the screen, Shadow Ghost. And um, I don't always say this during the introduction, but because we're talking martial arts and comic books, I am a Kung Fu master. So that's me. Um, So on to the next. A master. He's a master, people. (laughs) You're just a penciler. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I next? Yes. <laughs> oh, crap. Uh, I get to follow a master. Well, I'm just a penciler. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Peter. Um, yes, I'm just a penciler on um, Silverline Team Up Champion of Miss Fury. I still want to sell those hats, by the way. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I can license them out. I'm happy to happy to do that. Um, what else was I? Oh, yeah. That's what I do, and that's. Uh, I'm drawing issue two at the moment, and issue one is currently being inked and coloured, ready to kickstart at some point. But um, not a master, just a penciler. <laughs> Who's next? I, I guess I, I guess I'm next. Um, John Martin. I am the inker for Fire Rush and Wolf Hunter. Um, I've dabbled in a few other things. Um, but uh, yeah, that's about it. But Aaron, is, is it me? Yeah. Took, what about Aaron? Okay, I'll, I'll go. Um, my name's Aaron uh, Humphreys. Uh, I am the penciler on Fire Rush. I am also doing my own comic, Godlings, which I am closing in on the end of that, which you can see on webtoons. And then it looks like I'll be having more stuff coming from Silverline very, very soon, which I am excited about. Uh, I'm not really a master of anything <laughs> per se ever yet, um, but I am waiting for the day when Peter will find a digital background of a hole and he can <laughs> off from inside the hole. <laughs> can we get cut as a hat that just says master? Master? <laughs> if I can get a hat that says master of nothing in general. Uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. Master of none, that's right. Uh, I am Boba Fett, and I am the penciler on the new upcoming Cat and Mouse uh, miniseries, and I've done a couple of covers here and there. Um, Including one of the Switchblade covers. Yes, including one of the Switchblade covers. And then, yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm just penciling the book. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh before we launch in, Curtis, what are you working on there? What what is everybody watching? Oh, sure, sure. And and if you don't mind, I I know some uh I've been looking at the chat, so 
Would you like me to read the chat first to kind of let everybody see? Yes, because I'm still trying to close windows to get over there. Okay, sure, I'll do that for now. So so before we get to what I'm working on, um, first thing, uh, Quentin J. Bedwell says, just like sounds like an evil evil villain laugh. And then he says, yes. So I hope that's that's for us. Uh, Tommy says, good evening, gang. Great to see y'all. And uh, I think when Roland mentioned Kablam, Tommy said, printing who? Me? And uh, yeah. And that and that catches us up. So um, yeah, so I'm I'm working on my on my uh, comic book here. Um, I did some kind of like rough breakdowns and loose pencils and just kind of fine tuning app. Uh, so this is for the comic book Shadow Ghost. And kind of my my pitch for the whole series is is it's the kung fu comic by a kung fu master. So I'm kind of taking I've been doing kung fu for about 25 years. So I'm kind of trying to take a lot of that knowledge and put it into a comic book format. Um, the philosophy, the, the culture, the terminology, and of course the, the fighting. So what, what you can see here, I'll just briefly go over, this is just two students uh, training. But um, one of the things that I'm trying to do is kind of put it in a more of a martial arts context. So a lot of times when you see fight scenes um, in comic books, they're kind of a little bit more impressionistic. You don't really see the full sequence. You see certain bits of a fight, but you don't necessarily see them in sequence. Um, so I'm kind of trying to trying to do that here. Um, so just kind of a quick thing, you can kind of see here in the first part, um, one of the characters kicks. If you if you spar or do some fighting or stuff like that, you know, um, usually most encounters start at the kicking range or further out range. So it starts with a kick, um, goes to hand techniques because now the gap is bridged. And then um, this technique here, the person's using is actually called the bridge hand. He blocks with his hand and converts it to a grab. Um, and, um, and then goes for an arm bar, a standing arm bar here. So that's kind of some of the stuff I'm working with. So you'll be seeing me working on that a little bit tonight. This sounds like uh, might be a neat to have. Um, Curtis, start thinking about this. So, so when we huh? when we do the Kickstarter for it, might be neat to do a little video to go along with it to explain these these uh, these moves. You know, oh, okay. as as you just Definitely. did, kind of like a director's cut. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'd be that'd be really fun. I'd like that. Yeah, otherwise, I'm gonna sit here and go. Okay, so that first panel is the Captain America kick. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, somebody else forgot, to do that. You forgot the uh, little bubble with the kid's head that was like for America, and uh, you know it's the Captain America kick, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 back, back oh, when Roland and I worked at Malibu, the, the writer of Di- Dinosaurs for Hire, Tom Mason, he always inserted this crazy line in his comic books. And whenever anybody was killed, the guy would gasp out the words, I, I am slain. And he put it in every <laughs> issue. It was just like every issue, like somebody's head would be cut off and the head would be rolling towards the camera and I, I am slain. And it was just like, I, I used to love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Tommy says we can make a live action video of the fight sequence. Yeah, totally, totally. I, I think that would be cool. Uh, just be would that just be filming Curtis and Tommy in a parking lot? Just, <laughs> yeah. just you mean, Tom, Tommy getting the crap beat out of him, yeah. <laughs> and, and me, me getting arrested for assault and battery. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good ending. That'd be a good ending. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or 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 Curtis be arrested for assault with a deadly weapon. Exactly. <laughs> got my, my left and my right hand. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just, just so you guys know, there's, there's there's like 
a couple cheesy sayings that martial arts instructors that are trying to be tough say, and it always cracks me up. The first one is, I've heard several martial arts instructors say this. They say, I used to be afraid if somebody was going to rob me or mug me. Now I just wish they would. Which is, <laughs> which is what? Which is yeah. I, I've, which is, I've heard like several people. I've been say, mugged. Just, yeah, oh. it's, it's not all this cracked up. I won. You no, know? yeah. <laughs> and and the the other one is um, uh, what's the other one? The other one is is you know when I walk around and I talk to somebody and I'm looking at them, I'm just looking at every point that I can use to destroy them while I'm talking to them. I do that to everybody I talk to, and I go. What Sounds a, like posers. Oh. Yeah, what a horrible <laughs> life. Sound right? like posers. Yeah, it's like even the guy at Baskin Robbins, you're you're trying to kill him. Like, what, yeah, I'm just seeing like after he's done, like I see every point on the body. I can. Oh yeah, I want fries with that. <laughs> <laughs> here's a here's a little tip, you guys. When you actually are being mugged, you don't have time to think. Oh, I'm going to strike here, and then I'm going to do a kick. No, it's just comes, and and yes, I. I, this was after I took karate, but I, I don't know, even know if it had anything to do with it. I was just naturally, I swung around and stabbed him. Whoa. You stabbed him? I did. <laughs> what what, what's the statute of limitations on I mean, I wasn't that expecting area? that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. see, all right. So I just, uh, hard, just Hardcore, guys. <laughs> yeah, let's go back a little bit. All right. Yeah, so I just, rewind uh, on this a little bit. All right. I just, I I just turned around and I, I stabbed him in the throat. Don't mess with Midwest. Uh, <laughs> this is years and years and years ago uh, when I was. Stamped on his balls. First started going to San Diego Comic Con. And. You know, uh, then I donned a mask and took to the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Dumped the body. No, um, my father. My father gave me this buck knife. He's a farmer. You know, I'm sending my daughter out into the big world out in California, and um, so he Send gave you me to stab the people. Yeah, so get he out gave of the me this, stab. this very large buck knife. You know that you you unfold it and it's it's pretty good size. I used to carry it around in the pocket of my jacket. Um, when I was out after dark in San Diego. I mean, because San Diego is just chock-a-block full of homeless people. And uh, one night I was coming home late after the convention, after a party or something like that, and a homeless guy tried to, to grab my purse. And I had a hold of it in one hand, so he ended up swinging me around and as he was trying to pull a purse off. And as he swung me around, I reached into my pocket, took out the knife, and I swung that at, at him too. He dropped. Wow. He did manage to shove me into the wall. I had a pretty good goose egg on my head, but he dropped the purse and he ran. So it does sound like you're living in Gotham City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was San Diego. Yeah. And and just so everybody knows, we are not officially endorsed by San Diego Comic Con. Just know, <laughs> no, <so>. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tommy Tommy commented in the chat. Uh, Tommy said it's. As far as the live action video of him and I fighting, he says, oh, no, Curtis, I cheat when I fight, so watch out. Well, if you cheat when you fight, then that means you're a good fighter. So that's that's, – that, <laughs> Street that, that, fighting. That's, I yeah, mean, yeah. isn't fighting kind of all about cheating anyway? If you're fighting, you're fighting to win, right? That's I mean, right. Yeah. There, is no, there is no Queensberry rules when you're fighting for your life. You talk, you talk about one of these things, Barb? Uh, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I got. I finally got it confiscated one year on the airplane, and I I don't have it anymore. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't let you mail it back to yourself. Nope. Well, I do have I do have some bullets here though. 
I, I accidentally uh, ha- uh, had a pocket knife when I was trying to get onto the plane one time. And uh, I just forgot about it. I just kind of carry it with me. And um, so I got out of line and uh, I had to, I mean, obviously that I couldn't do it there, but I had to get out of line and then I mailed it to myself. I just put, uh, it, back in the, put it back in the mail and mailed it to myself so that I, I wouldn't lose it. It was, you know, it, it was a pot. It wasn't, a, I mean, it wasn't a, yeah, probably right here. I mean, you know, it's not much of a pocket knife, but just the one that had has uh, sentimental. Mm. It, so. I had to do the same with my uh, Swiss army knife I have in my purse. Yeah. But I got it back. But I lost my buck knife, unfortunately. And I'm sad oh, about so that good. because my yeah. father gave it to me. Yeah. Wow. So, all right. all right. So martial arts and comics. So when we, when we talk about martial arts and comics, what do you, what do you think? I mean, what, what comics do you think? Oh, wait a minute. Before we go there, Curtis, uh, I, I want, if you don't mind, take a minute to kind of explain something that you explained to me that I had no clue. You know, often we talk about, when we talk about martial arts, we talk about, oh, you know, he was a white belt, a green belt, a brown belt, a black belt, you know. But that's not traditional martial arts, right? No, that's American yeah. martial arts, I think. Most yeah, of it Americans is. Are doing it, yeah. Well, it actually, kind of a brief, brief history is, is that martial arts up until, like, post-World War II, there really wasn't too much of a of a belt idea. And it was actually the creator of a show, the famous practitioner of what's called Shotokan Karate, uh, Gichin Funokoshi. He, he was teaching karate in the Japanese college system, and he wanted to go ahead and have a way that he could show up to a class, look out at everybody, and know what part of the curriculum he knew. So he went ahead and he decided to have this, color, this uh, belt system of colors. And that's kind of where it started um, from there. And then it kind of expanded out. And then nowadays, in a commercial setting, it's a, it's a big moneymaker to have belts. So what you do is you have to pay for your normal classes and then you have to pay to test for your belt. And sometimes they'll throw in the, the larger the amount of belts that are in the system, the more you can charge people extra money to progress to the next piece of the curriculum. Ah. Um, so so, is, so is, mm-hmm. is that where the mm-hmm. whole color and the stripes thing comes from then? Yeah, the, stripe, the stripes, the, they'll put stripes. So originally it was like maybe, you know, such and such amount of belts. But then what they started doing is, okay, you have a white belt. And then they put a black stripe on it, so that's like the first degree white belt. Then two stripes. This is tape. It's it's this tape that goes around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's cloth, but most places they literally get electric tape and just tie it on. Yep, Um, that's what it is. Yeah. So if if you watch martial arts movies, especially the old ones that have to do with kung fu, which is an older martial art, one of the most old oldest martial arts. um, If you notice when you see like the movies with the Shaolin Temple, you never see them do a belt test where the Shaolin abbot is at a card table taking a donations so that the students can test for their next level that's like a, <laughs> it's more of a of a modern thing so um but it's not a not necessarily a bad thing it, the way i teach um i don't do the belt system i still don't have a white belt i never had a belt i just learned a curriculum and i'm kind of judged by how well i know the curriculum um it's kind of like you know all of us are artists or people that work in comic books it's like saying i know how to why well, I, I i'm a great artist because i use a paintbrush you know, um, it's the same thing when somebody says, well, because I know karate or I know Kung Fu. And so what, you know, um, yeah. so that's kind of the, the idea about it. Um, but it, but a lot of people use it in, in a positive way, as long as it's well earned and people how accomplish would, stuff with the belts. Yeah. How would that affect you? Because I, I would I would guess that that um, the belt system is, by the way, we've got another pledge. We're up to thirty two uh, seventy seven. So whoever just back, thank you very much. 
Um, how would that affect competitions? Because I know, um, I, I would assume a lot of times you compete based on your level. So if in your school you don't have uh, belts that kind of uh, quantify the skill, how, how, do, how does someone like you compete in a, a, in a broader scale? How do you decide what, like what class? I mean, it's not a weight class, I wouldn't assume. Sure. I mean, sometimes you base it on the number of years, but really mm-hmm. it's, it's about the teacher being honest. Like, like when my guy's in their tournament, I'll look and I'll say, okay, five years of experience, I guess, is this color belt or intermediate, advanced, beginner and I'll kind of guesstimate it there you know mm-hmm. um on a, on a on a fun note just just so you guys know be careful of the word world champion when it comes to martial arts this is a a really fun one which is so what'll happen is you'll go to we call them mcdojos which are a lot McDojos. of mcdojos which are which are, if you go to a martial arts school that's more commercial and heard of that before yes yeah. yeah that's where I went I went to a mcdojo <laughs> yeah and 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 oftentimes the teacher there will be a world champion and what you'll do is when you hear that the world champion you'll envision them like Jean-Claude Van Damme and Godsport they went off to some remote location in Southeast Asia and fought sumo wrestlers and judo practitioners all these things <laughs> always make sure when they're a world champion ask where the world championship was held at because what'll happen is like here in Southern California we have an area called Reseda which is a in the valley and it's a small community they a martial arts school maybe three martial arts schools will hold a tournament and call it the world championships but only three schools from Reseda are allowed to go and whoever wins is the world champion so you know so it's really the Reseda champion yeah or intergalactic champion whatever you want to call it you know always always buyer beware you know because CC Harris says howdy y'all Hey, hey. <clears throat> um, yeah, well, I, I just uh, I thank you for that, Curtis, because I thought when yeah, you sure. know that you telling me was actually the first time I ever had, had heard of that. I didn't realize yeah. that there was any kind of. You've like, been else. friends with Dean all this time, and you and Curtis, and you didn't know before I, I, now. You know, I just assumed Curtis might have told me before, but it's one of those things that might not have just sunk in. Uh, Dean's got a belt, though, doesn't he? Doesn't Dean have a belt? I'm pretty sure Dean's got a belt. I'm sure he's well, a yeah, he's, he does. He, he's a belt. Yeah. He con- yeah. Yeah. So, but so, he, even he would know that traditionally they didn't have belts. Yeah, but he didn't. He, he, in, in Dean's wisdom, he elected not to tell me that. So, there. He just told me he had a black belt. <laughs> yeah. And, because, and, and, the, because he knew that would impress me. Ooh, cool. You got a black belt. And, and to, to be clear, there's, there's really good black belts out there. There's really not so good black belts out there. It's, it's a mark of where they are in the curriculum. It's kind of like what? if you were to ask if you would ask a child like something like, How smart are you? And the child says, I'm third grade smart. Well that doesn't not every kid in third grade is smart. Not every kid in third grade isn't smart. It's just where they are in the curriculum, right? So that, that's that's my take. <laughs> are you smarter than a fifth grader? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So what do you think the uh what do you think the this is for everybody now. What do you think the most uh when when people think of martial arts and comic books, what do you think um what do you think what comic books come to mind? Russell Ghoul. Russell Ghoul, okay. Oh, that, uh, uh what is, what's his name? That Shane, was not at the top Shane. of my list. Shang-Chi, what's his name? Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Iron Fist. That's yeah. what I think of. I always think uh, of Ninja Turtles. Uh, that's what I grew up with. <laughs> there was a Bruce Lee comic <laughs> for a while. Yeah. There was a Bruce Lee comic. Yeah. Yeah. 
Badger. In fact, I think I have some. Oh, yeah, the Badger. Badger. I, I used to ink the Badger. Yeah. He was a martial artist. I ooh, 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 ooh. Cat Mouse. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm drawing more street fighting than Kung Fu. <laughs> well, that's okay. That, that, that's the level they're at right now, right? They're supposed to be. They're supposed to be on a journey. Of martial arts, a journey, not a path. <laughs> well, okay, Grasshopper. Roland's yeah, no longer like... allowed to do voices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you you guys don't know what I've got planned for us next week. <laughs> oh, no. oh, I'm not going to be here. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're not, are you? I will be in Iowa, but you have my permission to read Divinity any okay. way you want to. Okay, very good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, everybody else is going like, wait, wait what? <laughs> I'll be in another state, unfortunately. <laughs> well, you'll have to listen to the replay. Oh, you know what? I forgot to introduce someone. Uh, the unpaid producer here. I don't know if he's coming up on the screen. Uh, our unpaid producer is uh, the behind the scenes uh, is Brett Mann is my son. Uh, so thank you, unpaid producer. Okay, well, he does not show up on the game. He he shows up in my ear sometimes, and that can might might confuse you. But Brett's the one doing all the kind of behind the scenes stuff. So thank you, Brett. That's um, pretty talented to show up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, all right, yeah. So th- that's that's good. So how do you think then? Um, I mean, did we name any DC books at all? Russell. Um, I mean, Russell there's uh, there's Batman. Yeah. I mean, if there's you want to go there, but other than that, mm-hmm. is there really anything in DC? Yeah, well, yeah, all, all, yeah. all the Bat people aren't they all martial artists? Bat yeah. Yeah. yeah, all the Bat, everything in the Bat family, and uh, was it Karate Boy or whatever from the Legion? Oh, the Karate Kid, what? yeah, from the Legion. <laughs> the Karate Kid yeah. is he actually called the Karate Kid? Yeah, yeah, it's Karate Kid yeah. or Karate yeah. Boy, something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's actually why if you watch the first Karate Kid movie at the end, it's a special thanks to DC Comics because they let them use that character's oh. name for their title. Yeah, so there's a Karate Kid over there. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. In fact, in fact, our our, our friend and um, former DC executive um, Hank Canals used to tell me that that was one of his favorite characters. I think. Really? DC. Yeah, yeah. The Karate yeah. Kid. Uh, Quentin said, "If I'd have known that, I wouldn't have had." If I'd have known that, I wouldn't have let the world champion kung fu evangelist chop a melon on my stomach. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Cassisi says, "What about Deathstroke or Slade? Are they martial artists?" I thought Deathstroke was Slade. Slade. same version, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Lady so. Shiva. Lady yeah. Shiva. You know, yeah. it's funny. I think about I mean, Batman, though. I don't think of I, martial arts. I mean, I know that he's a trained fighter, but martial arts is not what comes to mind. I don't see. I don't think. I don't see visually in my head. I don't see Batman moving like a Shang Chi or a Badger, even. Um, yeah. You know, because the, these guys move with very clear, or they're drawn. Maybe I should say. That's just cl- it. There's been clearly. so many, so many Batman artists, and not all of them are. Probably most of them do not study martial arts. So I know when I worked with Mike Barron on Badger, he is a martial, actually he's a black belt. Um, so he's very, very particular about making sure that all of the, uh, the moves are, are genuine. Barbara, um, you got to put him in the right pose. Yow. Yes. Hey, it, 
it sometimes <laughs> matters. I mean, Batman, I know he knows martial arts, but sometimes they'll, they'll portray him as a martial artist, and then they'll portray him as a, a street fighter. Yeah. I mean, if you look yeah. at, like, the, the Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller, he was much more of a just a down, like, a, a street fighter in there than a martial artist, and it just depends. Um. So, yeah, I mean, even in the, uh, the Batman vs. Superman movie, when they did the big scene, we fought him in the warehouse. He was much more of just like a brute force street fighter in that yeah. scene than a martial. Yeah, it kind of it kind of matters in who's drawing him, how they kind of represent him. I always but, look at the feet first because you have to have your feet planted in a certain way when you're doing martial arts, as opposed to just street fighting. Yeah. yeah when it comes to the, go ahead, Walla. I was gonna say when it comes to the, like the bat the bat universe, the only ones I can actually like clearly think of as martial artists at all is Shiva, Rasal Ghul, and uh Kane version of uh Kate I think it's Casey Kane, I don't remember her name. A uh, version of Batgirl. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, the um the one who uh had the thing over her mouth. Yeah, call. she had a yeah, complete complete cowl. Yeah. I always thought she was cool looking. I always thought she was awesome. I don't know if the martial artist but was it the the Court of Owls? Weren't they supposed to be like no. assassin martial artists? Yeah, they were assassins, but they weren't martial artists, really. Okay. It's the same thing with, like, Prometheus. Yeah. I mean, he, he was... Uh, yeah. Was he supposed to know. be, like, a master of everything or something? Yeah, he was the reverse Batman. Yeah, like, he, he was, like... Yeah, he had, the, he had the rich parents that died, but instead of being a good guy, he decided to be a bad guy. That's right. Okay, yep. I do remember him. So, because uh, CC poses a, an interesting question, and I'm not sure that we did that, um... He says, because um, when he mentioned Deathstroke, he says, "How have we defined martial arts? Is it any combative arts, or is it, or it any combative arts is a martial art, or is it just do we just consider uh, Asian martial arts the standard?" No, when I think martial arts, we're definitely throwing in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Krav Maga and all. Yeah, I was just gonna say Krav Maga. Yeah, you know, I consider Krav Maga. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I've never even heard that. I don't even know what that is. It's a. It's it's, it's a. It's a. The is the Israeli. Israeli martial art. Yeah, Israeli well, martial art. Okay, they train like in special forces and stuff over there. Yeah, and and just kind of so, so the people listening know, you know, one of the things about about martial arts in general is there's a lot of crossover. I mean, that's yeah. that you'll you'll see something in Krav Maga that you also see in Kung Fu that you also see in Karate. Because they all come from the same source or have the same idea, you know. Um, that's why it's always this interesting point, you know, as a as a martial arts <clears throat> instructor and trying to make my living teaching. Most people will say you should come and learn from me because my style's the best. But the truth is, there is no better style. Um, it's like different languages, right? Different languages communicate things differently in different ways. But you can't say that German is better than French or Japanese is better than Korean as a language, right? So, um, so martial arts, there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot of crossover. But I think what, I think what we're talking about more is any type of discipline. Once you folks say a discipline that, that, that has a certain style to it. A trained and taught discipline. Yeah. Maybe. A yeah, stylized hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. Well, because CeCe's on a roll. Uh, well, even then, it's not all... has military training. I, 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 I beg your forgiveness, because I forget which branch, but I do know that because uh, has military training. Um, and he says uh, it opens up a whole world of martial arts, a whole world of characters. Wolverine, Cyclops—they all fight at some points hand to hand. But I, I would, you know, I, yeah, I, I would say, you know, I don't. Cyclops might have been trained by Professor X, but 
was he trained in in any any kind of you know how to discipline it? discipline yeah discipline well this is kind of where i go here he was he was supposed to martial arts no boxing's more boxing is where i kind of go more you're a brawler if you're a boxer and that's not so much a martial art in that in that aspect you're just a brawler would you consider kickboxing in that same field well kickboxing is is uh, is uh, a martial art Maybe not, maybe not so much the Americanized version of it, but Muay Thai is a martial art. That's right, because he was a Marine. That's bad, mm. right? Yeah. Electra, there's another one. Oh yeah, Electra. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Electra. Daredevil. Yeah. Daredevil. Yeah. Iron Fist. Daredevil. Yeah. Daredevil's yeah. supposed to be like his. his like a he's just a boxer. Player. Yeah. Mandarin. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, because CC just said boxing is absolutely a martial art, and I, I kind of a, a agree with him in in that way because it's the sweet science of pugilism, right? Um, you know, I mean, it it is it is a it is a fighting art, and um, especially if you go back to the early days before the Queensberry rules and things like that, um, it did have a different aspect to it, you know, with how they hit and stuff. And I, I definitely call boxing a martial art too. I yeah, if you think about it. it, it you think about it, it you know how, how you're planting your feet you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of moves in boxing that are like counterintuitive or yeah. you know against the way you would normally think mm-hmm. I, I guess I just, when i when i really cut, get back and think of a martial art i mean you're using every single bit of your body and what you're doing even if it's in 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 boxing there's not really any any ways, you know, throws or any other movements like that right there, it's just these. Yeah. I think it, it it all depends. You know, at the end of the day, um, all martial arts are just a method, right? Yeah. Um, it's a method to getting the skill set that you want to do what you need to do. Um, I think sometimes we get locked into the idea of styles or, 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 or which is best, and it's really what's best for you, you know? And at the end of the day, if you've ever fought or sparred, nobody is uh, it, it can be spared from a butt whooping. You know, you could. Everybody has their bad day. There's every circumstance. This is very and, true. And, and 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 an old lady with blackjack in her purse is just as dangerous at the right time at the right place as a um, mixed martial arts fighter on his worst day. You know, you never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. happens. Old lady with one of these. Right? I've got some yeah. stories. Yeah. <laughs> I got to find that video, Curtis, and send it to you. There was a, what you were saying, like a, a world champion or whatever. Yeah. He actually fought, it was, a, it was a, like a Vietnamese, I think it was a Vietnamese or uh, Thai uh, teenager and got completely uh-huh. just annihilated. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's why the more people brag in martial arts, the less worried I usually am, it's the quiet people I'm afraid of. You know, yeah. the, the the truth is, is, is like, for me, how good of a martial artist am I? That's for me to know, and that's for you to find out. And I'm going to keep that <laughs> to myself, you know, um, you know, and, and it depends on the day of the week and the time, you know. Uh, we were talking about this before we came on live. Um, I was in, in karate 30 years ago, so I have forgotten everything. So I'm totally helpless now. But the the one thing that I remember the most is that um, the three there's there's a couple of 
points on your body that if you if you can at all use them, they're the strongest parts of your body, your knee and your elbow. So if you if that's the only two things that you remember um, when you're in a fight, your knees and your elbows are your most deadly weapons. Got pretty and hard it only head. takes five pounds of force <laughs> to break a, uh, to break the bones on the top of a foot. Yeah. How much? Stuff on their foot. Did you say five pounds? Five pounds of force breaks all the bones on the top of your foot. Yep. And a really? knee to the cr- yep. <laughs> and a knee or a foot to the crotch is great. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I have forgotten basically that, everything else. That doesn't seem like very much. It's not. Uh, no. A a a five year old a five year old can break your foot. A gallon of milk can break your foot. Trust me. Yeah, I was gonna say I've dropped stuff on my foot before. So. <laughs> so Curtis, you're 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 outlining your stuff in in pencil. It's like a charcoal yeah, brush. Yeah, I mean it's basically just like a graphite pencil, and I'm just kind of I kind of originally laid it down just really light, you know. And so I'm just kind of trying to go in with the details now, you know, before I get. Are to you the are you playing on inking it, or I mean, because I actually kind of like it just with a charcoal pencil. Oh, thanks, thanks. Just yeah, out of curiosity, I mean, do you have the background? Can you turn the background layer off? I'd be curious yeah. to see what it looks like just with the uh, that one panel, just with the pencil you have. Yeah. Yeah. See, that looks that looks sharp. Yeah, some of it is. Um, I, I used to I used to do like hand drawn animation. Uh huh. You know? So in hand drawn animation, you have the the cleanup artist, you know, who basically goes over. Yeah. Kind of. So, so I'm kind of doing. It's almost like I kind of without even. This is the first time I'm thinking of. I'm kind of hearkening back to the the two D animation days. Yeah. Without even yeah. what I was doing. You you're, know? and you're doing you're, everything you're doing for this comic, right? Or somebody is somebody else inking it or lettering it. You're doing everything for this comic, right? Um, look, looking for an inker, you know, right now. So, so, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm writing and, and penciling. And then I wasn't really intending on lettering it, but I was trying to figure out, you know, the, the, the spacing of the panels and the okay. scripting. So I started putting in the word balloons. So um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll end up, maybe I'll end up lettering it. <laughs> I, I actually liked it. It, it it's kind of like the same way that Eric Larson does his books. He does like stick figures, and then he put all the word balloons in, yeah. and then then he'll go back and actually do the actual pencil. Yeah, I was looking yeah. at um at a, a video with Klaus Jansen talking about um, Frank Miller when he was doing Daredevil, and he showed some of Frank Miller's pencils towards the end, and he would flat out draw the whole thing, put the letters and everything, a rough version of it, uh, before he gave it to Klaus Jansen, and then Klaus would um would ink it and then color it. And so they have this, there's a certain, I think there's a certain kind of flow that, that you can get with that. And, and to be honest, this is my first full comic book. So, you know, I'm kind of no, no, that's measuring twice I'm, and cutting once. Yeah. I'm hor. I'm hor. I put my lettering in after the fact. So I will just, instead of making room for lettering, I'll just draw the whole thing and, and then just, I'll make room for, I mentally kind of like have room in my head, but then I'll like cover up parts of the background or whatever. Um, I don't know. But I actually like to uh, – I, I do my lettering. I don't know if you've seen my golly, and so I do like a square box with the lettering instead of the bubble. Mm-hmm. And the only reason is I just sometimes feel the bubbles take up too much space. This is mm-hmm. the, the circular. That and I just thought – do we, yeah, they get the bubbles of the balloons take up so much space that I'm like, well, I'm just going to make like a square sort of box. And that takes up less space and looks. So I just kind of, and also I found out that I'd like to actually bump my word balloons out of the edge of the comic, of the panels. So I kind of make like some sort of design. So I'm playing with that. But yeah, I know I have another friend who does all the lettering before he does the pencils. He does that too. Wow. So I don't know why. I don't know That's why I don't do that. Yeah. 
Well, also, I remember, I remember back in back the Malibu words. days, we, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the Malibu days, we would actually have the pencils first, then it goes to the letterer, mm -hmm. and then it would finish with the inker. And yes. so that way, the, well, the that's basically the way it always was back, yes. yeah. back when. Yeah, yeah. that's easy in Marvel, too. Yeah, it saves a lot of time, you know. And, and um, I was listening to Rob Liefeld's podcast, and he was saying that, too, even he was always uh, very cognizant of the lettering and how it would actually cut down on time. If you, if you put in so I'm, I'm trying to play around with that yeah yeah especially yeah. when you're doing like a cityscape with 400 bazillion skyscrapers in the back and you'd realized yeah. after the fact that you could have eliminated half of that right because yeah. there's going to be a three or four yeah. big captions on it right yeah, yeah. could have saved exactly. a ton of time pete's like oh now you tell me through mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all those buildings <laughs> yeah yeah and the, the and the interesting thing about that and we're, we're straying a little bit um it actually saves time for both the letterer and the inker because if the letterer can letter directly onto the board, this goes back to old school stuff. If the letterer can directly uh, letter directly onto the boards, then they don't have to worry about cutting and pasting because if they have to letter on inks, then they have to letter on a different sheet, take it and glue it onto the, the, the page and cut it, you know, cut around the balloon or the caption or whatever. Yeah. And, and, or, then, and then, and, and paste it. Right. And that's a, that's a lot more work than, Actually, some, some of those board. were done with hot wax. And yeah. I have yeah. one of those. I have a waxer. <laughs> I have an old waxer where I would wax and because and, I think I lettered a couple of issues of, of Badger and I did it with hot wax machine. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, then, then the, the inker doesn't have to ink all of that that's, that's quote unquote under where the, the, the text of the pages or the you know, captions and the, the balloons and stuff. Um, you... and, yeah. Oh, and, um, go ahead. Well, and even like, um, you know, kind of working on, on Kalis as, as an editor, you know, uh, I don't think Brent will mind saying, you know, there's a lot of back and forth between between the different creators, you know, trying to figure out how many words you can put on the page and all that. Mm -hmm. So I, I, it, the funny thing with doing this is, you know, I had, um, I'm uh, visually what I'm trying to go with here is having smaller panels so I can put in more movement because I'm kind of trying to lean into my strength, which is understanding the transition between martial arts movements. Yeah. But the problem with that is I can't have big, word balloons with a lot of script no. in it. so no. i have to so and i and i learned that because I'm, I'm i'm starting to put these huge soliloquies in this and it's like it ain't working you know so I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah so so it, 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 it's a, it's a fun yeah. learning experience you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to uh and, and keep in mind you know brent comes from uh film where they don't concern themselves too much about a physical space or or letters they just speak right so you can say okay well you've got another 20 seconds to speak or another minute to get in whatever dialogue you you, you have um yeah. so and 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 Kalis is his first comic to do so it's the first time he's he's having to make that kind of that tra that transition from film to comic so from you know like yeah. the, the visual audio audio to you know a, a, a 2d art stuff so uh, it, it's kind of fun to watch the watch the watch him, you know, shift gears a little bit. Oh yeah. So the other question, and this is actually towards martial arts comics or whatever. So, what are your guys' feelings on sound effects in comics? Do you think sound effects? I mean, I the funny thing is, is I don't put them in my stories, and I've had discussions with people. Like, I have a friend uh, Juan who does it, and he he doesn't put sound effects either. And there's some sort of weird stigma that sound effects is almost for like superhero books so if you try to do yeah. a, like a somewhat non-superhero book you create sound effects that makes it superhero -ish, I, right? I have strong opinions on that um and and that opinion is that you need sound effects 
Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's it's a part of the it's a part of the entertainment consumption that if there's a laser blast going on and I just see it, does that mean it's not making any sound? Uh, and I'm not suggesting you, that they all go pew pew, but you know. Uh, <laughs> when something explodes i want to hear it explodes if if i can hear them speak why can i not hear them drop a glass and shatter it why can i you you, you're taking i in my opinion you're you're removing that element of entertainment away from the reader see the thing is strangely enough i have uh, okay i'm gonna challenge you on this okay i have kind of the opposite (laughs) on that one a little bit um one i think i never read sound effects I just usually see well, you like, do. You, you, draw, you do. You say you don't, but you do. You're, but but it, when it, I see this stuff, and, and I just if usually you, if you fight that, then you're lying. Because <laughs> <laughs> you see your brain yes. still registering that sound. Yes, that's exactly. exactly. That's what I mean. So why, to me, it's like why write it if the sound in the head is going to be much better? No, 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 no. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but I also feel like in my book, I mean, if I'm talking about certain things in my story, I just. And this is my own personal my story. I, the sound effects to me take away from my story. But like other stories, like the the one like um, uh, Curtis is doing, um, he uh, I, I don't think that takes away from it. Uh, to well, me, sound effects if you it is a much lighthearted, more energetic story. If you're doing sound effects, if you're trying to do something to me that is much more serious. Then to me, like yeah. See now you're getting uh, comic snobbery on, uh, you know, you're getting all <laughs> literary comic snobbery. Oh, yeah, my it comic is. doesn't it, have it sound no, effects, totally so it's it more highbrow than than all these superhero comics with bound pals in it. Yeah, I don't buy any of that. You know, I think the well, old think... Batman series did a disservice to the whole industry. Yeah, by making I, agree. It, I think that's <laughs> it. Making it super campy. Yeah. Biff, pow, wham. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I think that's where I come yeah. from. But Watch I'm just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I just never did put sound effects. And my, my asked my friend Juan. He's like, no, I don't do it either. So yeah, I don't know. it's, just, it's I, pretentious. I, I couldn't imagine like a Walt Simons. Couldn't imagine just, a Walt I'm Simons. sorry, the fact that somebody be pretentious in the field of comic books. <laughs> <laughs> like I all of a sudden I'm going to start taking out a pipe. Listen, and stuff. dude, I've been working in the university long enough to know. Oh yeah, it's pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just because I make better comic books than anyone out in the world doesn't mean that I'm pretentious. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. All right. Uh, so, Cassisi has a, a good question here. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. He says, uh, it's a, a question in general. What makes a good martial arts scene? With manga and anime being hot action visual medium, what do you consider a quality fight in comics? Should it be short scenes? Should it should you know all the movements or leave a lot to the imagination? Oh, this will be fun. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know if Kurt, hey, if Curtis thinks the same way oh. I do. When mm-hmm. you think fight, you think it over as quickly as possible. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what they say about the most fights aren't supposed to last that long. And when you talk about like two quote unquote masters fighting, it's really short. Um, but I would say for comic books it depends on the story right if you're trying to write like a um, a character who's a deadly assassin you don't want it to drag out forever right but right. if it's two superheroes i mean i want to see a long issue with a lot of fights you know yeah, so yeah. really the, the fight scene is like a dialogue between two people and depending on what you're trying to express the fight scene should serve that so it's kind of a that's my non-answer is what it I also no. can <laughs> serve as a bridge at, because you've got to get a lot of of 
exposition out sometimes and to make it more interesting you can stick it into the middle of a fight scene so you can make it last longer so you right. can get all those word balloons in as well yeah yeah and there's you know there, it's funny because um there there is this kind of a school of thought that that well these characters are fighting you know no one's gonna fight no one's gonna talk during a fight it's like yeah mm-hmm. well no one's gonna put on a spider-man outfit and swing across through new york city either but you know, and this is a this is a this is a conversation I have with my students a lot. Is that you know, um, because some of the teachers early in the program, none of who have ever been published in any remotely any kind of way, um, tell them that their conversations need to sound like real conversations. And when they get to me, I tell them that's the biggest load of bull hockey I've ever heard. Is like you know, if you ever sit in McDonald's and listen to a conversation and write it down word for word. I don't want to read that, you know, it's just that it's not, I want to, I want to read entertainment dialogue. And that's the kind of thing that, that we have to remind ourselves that we're doing. We're writing entertainment dialogue. We're not writing real dialogue. That's a transcription, right? (laughs) And no one wants that. So you you have to, you have to remember um, that what you're doing is writing dialogue for entertainment, not dialogue that is real life stuff. You know, and besides, you yeah. you can taunt during a fight anyway, and you have in go you know, away before cases, I taunt you again. And, and, <laughs> and, and I taunt you a second you're, time. You're, you're talking. Yes, I spit yeah. on you. Yeah, I yeah. fart in your general direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is but a flesh wound. Okay, there it's now full circle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah. that, that question, that the question about the, I, I had, I thought about that at the, at the end of this issue. Okay. We have that, we have that, that fight scene before the big reveal, you know, yeah. at the last pages. Yeah. So I had X amount of space. So, you know, pages that they get that in and when storyboarding that out, I had to think just to make it like an exclamation point where it's quick, hard, and just right to the point. Yeah, I will. I will tell you for for me for from a story point, what I what I try to do is I look. Okay, I got twenty two pages to tell the story. Um, I try to give it some some roller coaster feel as well as some some uh, some action. So I, I don't do the math. Uh, I, I used to try to count them and 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 make sure I ha- I don't do that anymore. Um, but I used to say I need about eleven pages of action and eleven pages of non action. Right. And I did. I didn't. I don't put all eleven together here and all eleven together there. But I try to go. Okay, am I going to open with some action? Okay, there's three pages of action. Now let me get you know three pages, uh, two, three, four pages of story build up so that I can you know I've got my reader up here and then let me bring them back down, give them some information, let me give them some more action, right? And let me. It's like a roller coaster. You you want to keep them moving through the story. Um, and so I try to you know, uh, story wise, I try to give some kind of balance. The other thing for me to keep into consideration, all right, there's, there's, you know, uh, yeah, okay, so I'm, I'm the, like the only full writer on here. I have to keep in mind that I, I'm, I'm not just writing for an audience. I'm writing for an artist. And so if I write 22 pages of talking heads, the artist is going to say, well, this is the last story I draw with Rowan because that's boring. Right? Unless it was Wally Wood, Wally Wood would be yeah. that off. I was going to say, okay, ta- untack the Wally Wood uh, pa- page off of my bulletin right. board. 
yes, but but you know you don't you don't you don't want to do that. And so um, so for me, I try to you know I try to think okay, if I was the artist, what would I want to draw too? You know what what kind of things would I want to draw in here? And you know. I've never met an artist who wasn't realistic to know that, okay, we have to have some scenes of them sitting around talking and doing things because it's got to be a story, right? But also you want to draw them fighting and swinging and flying and, you know, action. Those are the fun things to draw. And, and so I think chickens. Yeah, random chickens. Yeah, <laughs> Peter wants what to is draw some more fire fire engines. Yeah, yeah, fire engines. Yeah, fire engines. Peter wants to draw some more fire engines. It's not a yeah. comic book without fire engines. <laughs> Apparently, with not without chickens either. Well, you need chickens. Yeah, chickens are mandatory. <laughs> Uh, see, see, so, uh, oh, I like that. I never thought of exposition in the fight. Yeah, and it's you know it's a it's a thing that I think comes from um, kind of from a more literary uh, because uh, again a lot of the, the the people who teach in my program a lot of them would tell them oh don't don't you know they're having a fight don't have them talk and I'm like no they're having a fight they need to talk they need to you know uh, send barbs at each other uh not barb cowbirds right they need, they need to jab you know at each other they need to taunt um they need to do those kind of things and 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 they can't just be or they shouldn't just be random they should be relevant to the characters and to the story and 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 to move it forward um you you don't want to waste the space you don't want to waste the lines just for random dialogue right well i i think they're you know it's kind of like a a hook during the fight when they're talking i mean i couldn't imagine like you know superman or some getting smashed into a wall you know and then yeah. coming out just all ripped up and everything going you know <laughs> right <laughs> well, well you know i You're I, right. I never i never like i always thought you know from a martial arts stance perspective i would always see comic books with fight scenes and i'm like how is this guy doing a jump kick in the air and like talking two paragraphs and i was like right. when i do my comic book i'm never going to do that and i because it was like oh my god it's like it's like a silent film like just, <laughs> yeah. and, I need, and i and i need to put i need to put some characterization in it and i need to throw it in and it's like when your parents tell you something, you go, when I grow up, I'm never going to do that. I'm so beyond yeah. that. And then you, you find yourself saying what your parents said, you know? So yeah. I, I concur reluctantly. So yeah. yeah. Well, as well, an avid reader, I would find it incredibly boring to have six pages of just fighting and no, yeah. nothing else. I mean, well, no and, words. And, and, and you would read it, you know, you would read it like this. You would read it. Flip, 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 flip. I mean, you wouldn't take exactly. any time on it. And as Aaron has said before, you know, when when he he hands people his comic books and they flip through them, he's like, "I took hours upon hours upon hours to draw that." And you flip through it in three minutes, you know. Um, yeah. Well, maybe. But strangely enough, I actually like comics that read fast. So it, even though it it takes them really fast to do it, uh, I'd rather them actually because I I. It does annoy me when people overwrite in comics. There are a lot of people. So you're not overwrite. a fan of, of Chris Claremont, huh? I was just gonna say uh, that. I am, I am no, a Claremont fan of Graham. Chris Claremont, but he is <laughs> he is the king of overwriting to the point where I'm like, dude, is it? I mean, again, that's the old argument, you know, show versus tell, and comic yeah. books are like the epitome of the example show versus tell. If you can show it, show it. But if you gotta explain to me, I mean, I've read a Star Wars comic that was just ridiculous. They actually showed. 
like Leia and Han Solo running down a hallway, and the caption said Han Solo and Leia ran down a hallway. Yes, yeah, that's ridiculous. That's, I mean, that's come not, on. That's that not really, bad writing. That's bad editing. Whoever edited, yeah. they should have caught that. You know, that, that it, reminds me of it was a, throughout the whole comic. That, that was, it was that like the whole comic of, was that way. Yeah, yeah there was, that reminds me of a discussion in an interview between Will Eisner and Neil Adams. Uh, I forgot what magazine it was. Like uh, Blue Line Probe, I think puts it out. It was a magazine. Oh, Sketch Magazine. Sketch Mag, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Will Eisner and Neil Adams were talking about that, and they both believed that that was necessary, whereas Neil was saying that Frank Miller. You know, didn't like putting that kind of stuff in it. You know, the different philosophies about you know saying what they're doing and showing what they're doing at the same time. Yeah, and they thought because, it was necessary. Yeah, because sometimes you'll have an artist, a good artist, you don't have to do that with, but a bad artist, you have to put that uh, in. I, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I could see that if you can't tell what it is in the art. I, 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 I can see having to have a caption like that. If you look at it and say, "I have no idea what this is or, or what they're doing," or, or where I can uh, I can understand that. Yeah, um, it, it's like leading leading the brain of the reader. Like, okay, now I know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think though, I, I go back to editing. I think though, if it's written in the script, um, and the editor looks at it and sees, "Oh, I, I can clearly see that Han and, and Leia are, are running down the hallway." Yeah, I'm going to delete this caption because we don't need it, and maybe put a right. put a you know add a balloon that says that uh, uh Han saying some kind of you know goofy uh, romantic thing to leia instead you know yeah i'm gonna yeah, kiss yeah. you once we get out of here well i mean what one of the most famous comics out there that is the silent issue of gi joe Oh yeah, guys Larry Hama. No, and yeah, no words, and that's like a very famous issue. So I mean, again, I, I think this is an argument made either way: more words, less words. Um, I I know I tend to enjoy comics that just if it feels if there's overriding. I mean, if somebody's sitting at the podium making a speech, yeah, you're going to write the speech out. But it always feels like sometimes less is more in comics, and I think it just depends on the story. Um, that story has sound effects though um you know the funny thing is 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 i i just you know it's funny you're the only i have so many people i meet in comic books and my friends just do not like sound effects so i don't know i mean it's funny because i've met people who my friend Juan. he's like no i just don't use them i don't like them i don't know i mean take that as you will i mean it's it's his own comic book you can do whatever you want right yeah i mean I, i try to incorporate them in my art when i can yeah yeah, the, like why, the, I the think lamb the guy, in the back. I like that. Yeah, the big. I, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we're um, counting I, down. We got 80 seconds left on the uh, Kickstarter here. We're at, oh, wow. uh, we're still at 110 backers at uh, 3277. So we've made uh, more than made. Um, looks like we're not going to get that uh, that stretch goal of trading cards. Um, mm. But but still, books are done. As soon as we wrap up here, uh, we'll be able to ship these things out. Um, you want the cards. The new templates look awesome. Oh, it's funny. It turned to uh, the, the countdown clock. I don't guess I've ever sit there and watched the countdown clock. It turned the, the numbers turned red when it hit 59. Oh, we got another backer. Thank you, whoever backed it. 111. We're up to 3339. So that means we're... I can't do the math. Somebody do the math for me. 
30, 30 seconds. Uh, <coughs> I was an A art student and an F math student, so I'm not doing no math. <laughs> <laughs> I did not do math either. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I just know that it's not 35 yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a C art student and an F math student. <laughs> I, well, I, I wasn't an F math student, but I was a D minus. I had to pass it to, you know, get anywhere. That's why so, God it, created calculators. That's right. <laughs> You're absolutely oh, right. And, and before it, that, the abacus, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, my, All right, we're done. 111 backers with uh, 3339 pledged. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you all for uh, for backing the Teen Beetle. Oh, look at the little fireworks going off and confetti. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, uh, 3339. Uh, 111 backers uh thank you all if you are a backer and you're listening um <clears throat> we'll get uh it, it takes about uh, two weeks to get uh for uh kickstarter to get us the funds in that two weeks i'm going to send you a um a survey please answer that uh, as quickly as you possibly can because i need the name to put in the thank you page uh, I'm going to have the files ready to go. And, and actually, since we, we know the people at Kablam, I'll probably go ahead and send those files to them early so that they're ready. And all Kablam needs from me then is money before they, uh, before they print. Um, Kablam is usually pretty good about, uh, about letting me do that. So, um, uh, yeah. So thank you all very much. Um, let's see here. Okay, so Kasisi asked us, do you know what the next Kickstarter is? And the answer to that is uh, no. I know when it is, but I'm not sure what it is yet, uh, Kasisi. We've got a couple of books that are this close to being finished. Um, and as soon as those can kind of reach that, that finish point or once they get close enough where I'm like, okay, yeah, they're going to be – they'll be done in time. Um, then we'll know, but, uh, we've, we've got several that are going to come, come along around the, the same time. And, um, so, so we've got, but we've already got the dates, uh, set for March. I don't have them in front of me, uh, but we do have them set. I, uh, well, you know what? I think I can probably open up a, a calendar without crashing my computer. Um, but uh, we've actually got the date set for the rest of the year, so we know when uh, when they're going to go. We've got six of them. We got five more left for for twenty one. We planned uh, six for the year, um, and it's taken this long for my calendar to open, y'all. It just <laughs> it's, it's it continues to to annoy me. Um, all right, so let's get to February. Come on, computer, get to February. Nope. Uh, oh, there we go. There's February. I know. There's March. Yes, we're in March. Come up. Uh, nothing showing up yet on my calendar. Um, I think it's going to, but we're going to stick with the, uh, the shorter, uh, window. I think, the, I can't remember if this was 17 or 19. So the next one starts on March the 11th and will end on March the 28th. Same day, I will be at uh, uh, Brent and I will be at the Olo Orlando uh, comic show. So I may have to, uh, Curtis, ask you to. I should be home, but I may have to ask you to plan to uh, to, to grab the steering wheel on, on that day. Um, okay, I'm trying fairly... to run it into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fairly local, so it shouldn't be. Uh, I shouldn't be, you know, super late, but um, but we'll just have to see yet. So. 
Um, so no, Cece, I don't know exactly what, but uh, I will tell you, yeah, we've got uh, we've got several that are really close. In fact, one of those is um, Divinity Number Two, which is what Barb is coloring on right, right now. Uh, and Barb, what 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 page are you on right there? This is page eleven. I'm working on eleven, twelve, and thirteen at the same time. You can see we nice. have a little night scene here. Gorgeous. Yeah, that looks great. I love that color hold. Oh, I did too. I was just sitting there thinking, man, I don't really like that. Yeah, that Thank just you. yeah I, I have a tendency to use it in glass a lot, like right mm-hmm. here. Yeah, that looks good. Yeah, really, really good. good and Barb, uh, what, uh, what program, what software are you using? I am using Procreate because it is like um, Photoshop for dummies, which <laughs> I've only been doing this for a year. I've only been working with uh, digital art, period for a year yeah so i I've, I've learned digital inking and digital coloring in this last year nice yeah so uh, i i never was very smart when it came to like photoshop i couldn't figure it out but this this anybody can do it's it's 995 a 995 app on ipad that's it that's the steal of a deal too it is yeah and curtis is that what you were using as well uh, i use clip, clip studio clip studio yeah. Which used to be, which used to be Manga Studio, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, it was always both. Um, oh, I forget. There was a company that was licensing it here in the states, and they lost their license and went back to the original company. Oh, yeah. okay. I think I remember buying uh, several years ago. Clip Studio had a sale; it was like twenty bucks yep. uh, uh-huh. for maybe Clip Studio Five, something like that. I, yep. I think. I got it and that, you know downloaded it and got it and then it just never never used it. It must have had to have been more than five years ago. It had to have been closer to ten years ago, probably when I was first trying to kind of teach myself uh, how to letter uh, digitally. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. So okay, um, Kickstarter is over, which is kind of how we because uh, Cece got us on the uh, topic there of the next Kickstarters. But uh, so Sirens is one of them. Twilight Grim Two is one. Uh, I think we're uh, pretty ah, – we're with, with, with the home stretch on um, um, the Silverline team up. Um, what else? Uh, white Home stretch on uh, White Devil. Um, so, Fry Rush. Uh, Fry Rush, yep, yep. So there's, there's a handful of them that are kind of like uh, – it's kind of like, uh, you know, one of these marathons when you're just kind of watching everybody come around that last lap. You're just kind of like, okay, who's going to – Who's gonna come in first? Who's gonna come in second? And we're just kind of, kind of eyeing them. So um, uh, have no fear, though. Uh, it's going to be a, a fun twenty twenty one. Going to be a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. So um, going to be a lot of, a lot of good looking, look, good looking books to get out in your hand. So I'm excited about that. Back to martial arts. Let's see here. There were there any questions here? Uh, Quentin says, I do, I have to do super rough pencils, lettered balloons. And then, uh, this goes back to what, when you guys were talking about how you did the pencils and the under, the under penciling and stuff like that, uh, which I think is a lot like, um, I know I've seen, uh, traditionally I've seen a lot of pencilers, um, take a very light pencil and just put really, really loose, uh, gestures kind of quote unquote underneath it. 
Uh, I know Mitch Bird uh, used to use a blue pencil a lot. Um, now, for everything I understand, the inkers hated that because <laughs> the the blue pencil uh, had a very waxy. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you're trying to ink it, uh, the the wax just kind of you know knocked that the the ink right off. So it doesn't didn't... hold. It doesn't cling. Right. So um, I don't know if he's, this goes back to the, the late 80s. So I, I don't know how, I don't know if Mitch still does that or not. I just, I remember him doing that. And it was always really just very light, just, just really, really light blues underneath it. And then he would kind of come then over with a pencil and then, and then tighten that up. Um, so yeah. And uh, Quentin says he uses a Smith Micro. Smith Micro was the company that uh, had a clip. Oh, gotcha. Manga. At first, gotcha. So, um, so I, I, I kind of like to go back to the the Cassisi question, though. Is what do you consider a, a quality fight in comics? Um, and he mentions short scenes, uh, show all the movements, really lot to the imagination. And uh, and we kind of talked about length a little bit, but let's talk about um, what about some of the movements? Um, do you think it's necessary that we see every single fight movement in a in a fight like that? Uh, <laughs> that was quick. I think it's drawing every single fight move. That that's that's what I'm going for, but I'm trying to do something a little a little different, and I have a different level of expertise. Yeah. I was just looking at a Robert Kirkman's um, Firepower, which is which is a, a martial arts comic book, and um, I don't know who the penciler is. And if you, from a martial arts perspective, when you look at the fights, make no oh, that's sense, Chris Stanley, you know? isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the fights make no sense, but they feel amazing, you know, and and they 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 read well, they track well, and I think as long as the, the point gets across, um, yeah. Oh yeah, Pete's got a hell yeah. yeah visual yeah. visual yeah. references. So uh, hold yeah. on now. So when you say the fights make no sense, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean there's no uh, continuity. Okay. There's no continuity. It's kind of like, and this is me. Of course, I'm picky because of my other background. But as a martial artist, I always like like a, fight, a good fight scene to a good conversation, you know. Uh-huh. So so there's no context in the sense that things don't necessarily lead to the next thing. It's like you're getting every. It's like a for me personally, it's like a, a phone conversation where it keeps breaking up, and I'm giving every fourth or third word of the sentence. Uh, mm-hmm, but that's mm-hmm. but that's me as a martial artist, and and but for the average person, what's important is it feels well, it travels well, it gets the point across, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so it, I think it, it 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 differs in opinion, you know. But, but the medium is so different. than I mean, that's what I'm learning. Um, by trying to do every move in my comic book, the fight scenes would actually in real life be very short. Yeah. Because because it's not film, you know. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of the you know uh, one of the reasons that uh, I, I'm so big on um, you know I know that there's some who just start on their story, you know, especially if they're doing it all on their own, they just start drawing, right? And and I'm like, well, okay, that's fine if you just do it on on your own and you don't really care how long it is, you don't really care, um, you know, page count and all that kind of stuff. But if you're trying to fit something into, you know, a, a kind of a set uh, parameter, you know, if it's 22 pages, then you need a plot. You need to you need to outline it. You need to say, okay, this is what's going to happen. I need to make sure I accomplish this, you know, by roughly this page, this by this page, this by this page. Then when you realize, okay, I've got three pages for my fight to occur. As Pete said, you can't show every single smack, right? It's just, or it's going to be a really short fight. Smack, 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 smack. Okay, I win, right? (laughs) 
the, the I, I tried I tried bringing in some continuity on mm. on the first the first uh, action scenes uh, that I was drawing, and then I was like looking at it and like oh, this is not as powerful as I wanted. So on the second one, I just went for all power. Yeah, I just yeah. threw the like, continuity of the fight out. It's, it's all power. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think you part part. You know, there's a great part of Scott McCloud's understanding comics when he talks about the gutters. Um, And I I think that sometimes uh, in a lot of modern comics, I I don't think, um, I don't think the, I don't think they're aware of what the gutters are capable of. Uh, And I, you know, they probably haven't read Scott McCloud. They probably, I mean, I'm just guessing as I, I, you know, I don't know, but I I think that there's this, this idea that I need to show every single little movement and and you really don't because the reader, the reader understands that there is a gutter there. And this is a, as a, you know, snapshot of what happens in this panel. And then this is a, or in this moment. And then this is a snapshot of what happens in this moment. And, you know, there are different transitions from, from panel to panel there, you know, there's the action to action, a moment to moment uh kind of things and and the reader can you know can go with that and so that you don't have to show um everything and this is where the combination of word and art is important yeah yeah but i think the whole the whole like our our generation was trained with the gutters so yeah we we took full advantage of that <laughs> knowledge already in the 90s when we got rid of them like completely got rid right. of them. It was just all flowing. Out. We just knew <laughs> yeah. that there was supposed to be a gutter there. You know, there was a time. Yeah. <laughs> but now they've gotten back to using the gutters again. Yeah. Well, I think there's 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 a couple different ideas kind of behind this. Is I you know, uh, you know, one of the things as we talk about, and this is straying from martial arts now, but one of the things we kind of talk about it. You know, if we look at our comics, the one the things that we're doing now and we want to take them online the gutters and panels are important because how do i take okay i love dean dean knows this right um, um but there's a, a, a dean doesn't a, always use his gutters no but see and here's a problem that 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 the, the problem that this this presents in our modern um let's go let's go digital world is how do i how do i take this page right here and break it up into segments to put it on uh, webtoons. You know, I can't. It's impossible. I can't do it. Right now, um, this page over here, I might be able to. I might be able to do it because it has. You know, it has panels. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. I know this is not really very clear, but but this page right here, it's, it's impossible to do because there's no real gutters there to break up what's happening. Um, and you know, so it's, it's, it, but it makes for beautiful books. It, <laughs> it, it does. It's, it was, it's a very beautiful page. Um, but you know, I, I, and I don't have any problem with that. My, my only problem ever comes when it's like, okay, does it, what does this, does this serve the reader and can it, can it, can what you're doing, does it still move the reader through and pull them into the story? You know, I think I think Dean's a good example. Since we're talking about this. he's a very good example of someone that can break the rules with the gutters mm-hmm. and stuff, and it, yep. the pages still read gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I think the the gutters are also an extension of negative space, right? Yeah. So, so you know, and and the thing too is, is you know, kind of liking into martial arts. You know, if, if you know, like in the Asian traditions, 
um, there's a, the sound of Om. If you ever people hear people meditating, Om. Uh -huh. It's yeah. supposed to be the sound of creation because because it, it basically encompasses all vowels. And then the consonants are found in the space between the times you say it. So it's the absence of sound and sound that creates the existence of right. the universe is the idea, right? That's cool. And so, yeah, it is. And, and it, you know, you, you see that in um, in Japanese, like um, ukiyo-e prints and things like that. I mean, really great comic books, like, um, like Frank Miller's Sin City stuff is a perfect example of that idea of leaving those empty spaces, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and and you see that with the gutters too. You know, people people that are really at their optimum level know how to work it. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about? Um, I'm sorry, Bubba. Go ahead. I was going to say that was really well done, Curtis. You just married uh, our conversation about sound effects, gutters, and martial arts all into one thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, just just, just 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 so you guys know, I've been rehearsing that for months, and this was the perfect. Yeah. Time to do it, so you know. <laughs> yeah. What we don't know is Curtis has all these one-liners taped right yeah, up here, yeah. right? It's ever since we talked about yeah. martial arts, he's like, "Okay, I gotta get that, 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 right?" All these exactly. <laughs> you know it. You know it. I got my spreadsheets out. <laughs> and, and 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 real quick. I have to give a shout out to my wife for, for our martial arts comic night. She got me from the Asian grocery store, Dragon Ball, Vegeta, Citrus, oh, nice. nice. cool. So big ups to the wife. But um, we're talking about martial arts comics, Dragon Ball. Wow, that's the perfect uh, martial arts superhero comic book. See, I get those cans and I don't even drink them. They just sit around because I like the art. Yeah. Right? They're, they're crazy. They're insane. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Cameron Christopher Payne says it's supposed to help vibrate at the frequency of the sun. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Oh, wow. Exactly. In yeah. fact, in fact, the, the martial arts that I do, and karate has some styles, but the highest level of sequence of movements you do, you're actually, you don't like to perform it because it looks weird, but when you're doing different moves, you actually put in different intonations, so different gas, different vibrations of sound. And that actually vibrates your organs and amplifies your, your health aspects, but it also amplify, amplifies your strikes. Um, so if you understand the, the higher level of martial arts, when you hit somebody, you don't hit them once with one strike. You vibrate when you hit them like a jackhammer. So the goal is, is to, to marry the, the vocal range and the strike at the same time so that they vibrate. So when you hit somebody, it shatters their, their skull or shatters their bones, right? Um, so you actually want to vibrate like a jackhammer. And then from there, the this is getting really out there, but then the impact can go into the organs of the person. So all huh. these things are, I mean, it's, it's crazy stuff. You know? Well, now that's kind of interesting because uh, I think what what a lot of people don't realize when you talk about the, the medieval, uh, you know, traditional European, and, and Pete needs to probably chime in here, traditional European uh, <laughs> warfare is, you know, they had to, I used to always wonder, why do they get these great old big clubs and these great old big hammers? But that's because if, if you hit someone with a big hammer who's in a suit of armor, it vibrates, it vibrates and shakes their internal organs loose. I mean, that's yeah. that was the whole purpose of that because you can't take you know or that it hammer crushes the armor too and does damage that way. It can, yeah. but but uh, you know sometimes that armor could could withstand a blow. So, yeah, but the but idea it, that um, they would cut limbs and things off is a hollywood thing right swords wouldn't yeah. cut through they, they would just you'd crush your limbs and you'd never be able to because they didn't have doctors you, you'd never use your arm again it would just wither and die <laughs> so and their organs would be crushed and yeah. die internal bleeding yeah yeah, yeah. I, I don't I, I you know i think it was something actually walt simonson posted uh 
uh, several years ago that, that when I learned that and I realized that, or maybe he, he may have posted something about Mythbusters. Mythbusters might have done a, uh, an episode about uh, the big hammers in medieval warfare mm-hmm. because I, I seem to remember those two guys going at it. And they had jello inside a, a armor or something like that. I can't remember what now. But, um, yeah. yeah. You know, that, that's also why, like, a lot of a lot of sword strikes, a lot of them are at diagonals, right? So because you're going for where the openings on the armor are, where it's mm-hmm. unprotected, you know? And in, um, in the Kung Fu tradition, like when you have a broadsword, it's like a huge weapon. When you cut, as you finish cutting, you, you strike with the palm, right, as you're drawing the blade. Because what happens is the blade gets lodged in the person's chest. You have to – if you just try and pull that out, it's stuck in there. So uh-huh. you have to hit them and pull the blade off at the same time to finish the, the strike. So when you see them do this motion, that's, that's the reason why you have that, that – those two movements. <laughs> to pull the blade really out. nasty stuff. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it, create, it creates suction when you when you yeah, run yeah, somebody yeah. through and you go to yeah. try to pull it back out. It creates suction. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So so pulling that it was back another reason they started putting uh, blood grooves into some yes. of the swords. Mm-hmm. That way, there wouldn't be that mm-hmm. suction. You could just it just go in and come back out clean. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the um, the bayonets that uh, I don't know when and where they came around, but the bayonet um, uh, that they used in the American Civil War was was uh, a triangle, more or less. That's because it do a lot of damage. Well, what they, well what they would do is they it, they would stick it in and turn it, mm-hmm. and and that's where the damage comes from. But and then it was easier to remove because even was, with even with a triangle blade, you can't repair that wound. Right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, you can't. So. I don't know how we got that. Uh, Cameron Christopher Payne said, "Use your so foot." Things to put in comics. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is use broadswords with a strike. Uh, uh, Cameron Christopher Payne said, "The body is seventy uh, percent water uh, vibration," um, mm-hmm. and he says, uh, "Use your foot to remove the sword." And then he says, uh, "The wound won't close." When you're talking about the the, the diamonds, the, the triangles. You know, I'm sorry. You know, he's talking about the the body being composed of mostly water. Mm. So, so if, you, if you've ever heard about what, what in martial arts we call chi, or in Japanese arts they call ki, right? Which sometimes people yeah. liken to the force, right. so they go, oh, that's, that's out there stuff. It's kind of uh, esoteric. What it is, is, is you notice all those exercises have to do with breath. And since your body's composed of mainly water and you do these highly oxygenated exercises, the water and the air combine and create a bioelectric charge, right? So the chi and, and ki and all that is the bioelectricity in your body that you're actually charging up is the idea. So whenever you hear about that stuff, it's actually, it has some interesting basis in reality. Do you think that's where the the origin of Iron Fist might, might have come from? Yeah, you know, actually there is a real Kunlun. I don't know if you guys know that. There's a there's a Kunlun mountain range in China. Oh, mm. So so when you when you look at the ancient Kung Fu traditions, there's several mountains that are known for having great martial arts. There's Shaolin, right? Mm-hmm. Where we all see. And then there's, it's called Wudong, but, you know, we know it as Wu-Tang, but Wudong, right? Wudong mountain range with the Dallas are. And then there was another mountain range called Kunlun, and it still exists today, and they still practice martial arts there. Huh. So so I don't know who, I can't remember who created Iron Fist, but they must have been watching Kung Fu movies because Kunlun's a real place uh, so, with real martial arts. Is this, is this where you're going to tell us you're the Iron Fist, Curtis? <laughs> no, no, no. no. Have you fought the dragons lately? Yeah. The only thing I'm known as is the Rage in Eurasian. That's the name that I take. <laughs> <laughs> Big Girl Potch. No, 
I don't think Carl Potts created Iron Fist. No, I don't think so either. I don't think Carl was around yet. I, I'm thinking it was uh, oh shoot, uh, Mackenzie. Um, oh, Roy, Roy Thomas and Gil Kane. Yeah, and of course, Kuhn is actually known for Kuhn's known for their swordsmanship. They're they're known for being swordsmen. Actually, is what they're really known for. But yeah. I just I just automatically think yeah. Carl Potts because the Iron Fist and uh, Power Man book. Oh yeah, that was such a great series. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Tommy oh, says man. you guys know too much about stabbing people. <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what so, happens uh, when you get to sit behind a desk all day long? Yeah. <laughs> Weird things. Or when you have to bounce for a living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about some uh, some some martial arts that that they like and some of that are good. Can you think of any that uh, instances of comic books in which the uh, the martial arts were just terrible and you just you look? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Curtis. Uh, all right. Curtis has a list. Yeah, Curtis yeah. is like, where, where should I start? Basically. Every time the guy looks like he's, they think that if you're in the move where you, the pose where you're doing the robot, when you're this, this is not martial arts, right? When it looks like somebody's asking how big the fish is that you caught, and this is your fighting stance, my fish was this big, this isn't martial arts. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that, okay? This is not martial arts. Well, I, I, I always <laughs> see, I always see, I see these, right? These, you know, you know, you know what those are, right? Um, I don't know if you guys know when you see all these gestures. You know, you hear about the mantis, the crane, the tiger, right? Mm. The gesture is the idea of having like a Swiss army knife. Like if, I, if I'm going to hit somebody in the eye, you have to get inside the, the eye socket. You have to switch the gesture to this because this fits in the eye socket, right? Or this fits in between the ribs or, or this hits the jaw. So, so you're trying to switch the gestures on the fly when you're striking so you can get the, the maximum amount of effect. And, and the fascinating thing, too, is most people don't know is the gesture of the hand uh, affects the musculature of the forearm. Mm-hmm. So if, if, like, my arm's pressed up against somebody else's arm and I want to push them off, I can push them off by keeping my arm folded this way and just pushing my wrist back like this will, will activate all the muscles here, right? So when you see all those gestures, and, and the funny thing is they're, they're kind of made fun of because they have funny names, right? Uh, yeah. Tiger claw, cranes beak. Um, if you look at MMA, right, MMA – has a lot of moves that would also be funny. Like they have something called the Superman punch where yeah. they run and it looks like they're going to kick and they hop up and they punch. Oh yeah. But it, but it looks like Superman, right? So what's going to happen? Question mark kick. Yeah. So, so centuries from now, somebody's going to uncover the ancient art of MMA and they're going to be teaching this special move called the Superman punch. And people are going to go, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. What is a Superman punch? And they're going to say, well, back in the day, there was this art form called comic books. And there was this deity named Superman, and you know, so forth. And so forth. It's, it's, it's all it's all out of context, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he but trained in. Uh, uh, oh shoot! What's his? Uh, what's Superman's? Uh, no, yeah. what's his? Uh, his fortress he, of Solitude. Thank you. He, he, <laughs> yeah. he, there's this fortress of solitude that no one could get to. Yeah. Take <laughs> away his '40s DVD. So Wait, how about the pose where they're flying through the air and you're they're one one leg is way out? Oh, you know? yeah, you always see them like. I just always. drew that page. I just drew that pose. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing that page next. <laughs> Peter's like, yeah. hey, that sounds fun. Hey, I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah. No joke. I'm doing that next page. <laughs> I just did that. I just did that. Because I mean, I'll tell you why. Yeah. That's because that's martial arts, right? 
and, and that's what people want. That's what that's people want to see in their martial hole. arts. Yeah. Yeah. Curtis, how many times have you flown through the air kicking people? Uh, never. And call, yourself, and, uh, call yourself a master. If you want to know some of the funny rules of, of, of martial arts, right? Like, like fighting, it's three rules, right? One, if they're tall, hit them low. If they're short, hit them high. And if you can't beat them in three moves, run away. Right? That, right? And, and then the oh, other one is we, we love we love you know, movies. You, know, you, kick, you kick the guy to the head, right? But if my goal is to hit your head, and I bring my foot up, then if I want to hit your foot, what I what I bend over and punch your foot, right? So so usually for for realistic martial arts in the beginning, you don't want to throw your kick up high. When you get good, you can. But generally speaking, you just keep it keep it up there. But yeah, the, the flying sidekick is is a uh, is very popular. Yes, in comic books, yeah, yeah. because it looks so yeah. cool. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Is it practical? <laughs> um, you know, I used to ask my teacher all the time for like concrete rules. I would say he would show me a maneuver, and I'd say, "Okay, well, so every time I get in a fight when this scenario pops up, I can use this." And he would always say to me, "I don't know, you tell me." And it, it would it would tick me off because I would go, "No, you are the master. You tell me." And and what it boils down to is there is no absolutes in fighting, mm. right? So what works in this one fight on this day may not work tomorrow, and yeah. and real real fighters know that there are no are no absolutes, right? So that's that's kind of the key. It, it really depends depends on the situation. Yeah. I haven't well, done it. But. Well, and I think you know Tommy kind of alluded to it earlier. He said he, he didn't want to fight him because he cheats. Well, the, the fighting is cheating. I mean, there is no such thing as a fair fight. Like 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 my teacher taught me to step on the guy's foot so he can't run away and you can punch him right <laughs> and, and i mean uh, le- legit yeah. you know and and when i would teach one of my students and they said that's not fair that's not in the rules and i said you know where we do not do martial arts to have a fair advantage over somebody we do martial arts to have an unfair yeah. advantage over somebody that's right. that, that 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 that's that's the whole point you know um one of the yeah, have, have you seen all the bell ringing strikes? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. Do you understand the, what yeah. I mean there, bell ringing? I don't. Yeah. But <laughs> that made me think but, of the uh, the privates, the p- private punch. Oh yeah. yeah. That made that made me think of uh, seeing that movie Major Pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where he tells the dude he's gonna like kick him upside the head, uh-huh. and then he kicks him in the knee when he drops. Yeah. He's like, you're gonna kick me in the head. He goes, you call me a liar. Then he kicks him in the head. <laughs> if, if, if you guys want to hear what the, the most nastiest weapon I've ever heard of in martial arts, it's, it's dark, but it's fascinating. Okay, and this is one of the nastiest ones. Um, and I'm not authorizing anybody to do this. But, Don't um, do this at home, some, kids. Yeah, yeah, what some of the people will do is you get, um, in the Philippines, they'll do this. You get sand, right? And you soak it in chili oil. All right. Oh, yeah. And then if you if you're wearing a shirt with a breast pocket, you keep the, the the chili oil sand in your breast pocket. And when the fight starts, you throw the sand in the guy's eyes. Now he'll be blinded, but his eyes will start to burn, and he'll rub his eyes and tear his cornea relentlessly because of the sand in the eyes. And doesn't cost much, and that that's fighting. You know, that's a yeah. what, what know, I got from that. Don't is... do that. <laughs> don't do that. That's bad. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> what I got from that you're gonna is... blind somebody. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Why, why are all the people in the Philippines walking around with sand in their pockets? <laughs> oh, that's not all they walk what's, around what's with. What's going on out there? If you look at if you look at the Philippine culture, like their history. I mean, they've got some of the largest machetes I have ever seen, ever. I mean, massive machetes. Yeah, and those are in their pockets. 
They, they carry they carry them around. Yeah. Yeah, they're holding them. <laughs> they, it's yeah, in their but, pocket. Just pulling huge machetes out of their pocket. It's amazing how it fits in there. <laughs> yeah. When 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 they um when they duel in knife fights, the um the Filipino martial arts, the escrimadores, right, would have this cool pose for a death match. Um, is that when they're holding they hold knives or sticks, they point one up and they point one down before the fight starts. And what that means is, I'm going to send you to heaven or I'm going to send you to hell, but you're going one of these two places. And that's how the fight starts. So when they fight, they they flip it up and down, and that means it's it's a death match. You know, it's like wow, that's that's crazy, right? Tommy says, if I have to fight, which I don't, I want to win. So I'm going to cheat to win. So he's going to have chili sand. Watch out, Curtis. <laughs> yeah, chili sand. Tommy's going to have chili sand. My father always used to tell me, he says, don't ever start a fight, but if you do, you better damn well finish it. Well, I was always told not to start it, but to finish it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cameron Christopher Payne says, question, what's your best weapon and it's not your mind? He says, you can't say your mind is your best weapon. So what's your what's your best weapon? Um, I would say the best weapon is being humble. Because if you don't think that you're anything special, then you may be less likely to get caught off guard, and you may be less likely to get in fights. So, being humble is the most important advantage anybody can have. Not not um, weak, right, or not confident, but being humble. Humble is the most important thing, you know. Definitely. Humble doesn't translate very well for comic books, though. No, no, no. no. How do you draw what that, you, right? What you need is definitely. a really, really bright costume, um, yeah. perhaps a yeah. bandana, um, and just to, just to walk the streets like you're looking for trouble. Yeah. <laughs> People perhaps, think I'm looking for trouble, sand. and I dress dark. No, 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 no. Bright color, so people can see you coming. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, no, no. Reflective color. Something really bright, like green. Yeah. Green green and yellow. <laughs> Iron Fist has it right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's how that works over there. It don't work like that over here. <laughs> I just thought Iron Fist like Warlord's Collector because he was a Green Beast Packer fan or something. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. He's the only character you, in comics that wears it. You look like you like Tom Brady. Take it back. <laughs> oh, that doesn't be fighting work, man. Tom Brady. <laughs> I still remember what was that? There's uh, some guy was talking about the Ford versus Chevy debate, and he says, "Yeah, it That's all sums up with what?" That's not a debate. Ford wins every time. Yeah, but he was saying like, the Ford. The Ford guy comes up to the Chevy guy and is like, "You know what? Chevy sucks." And the other guy's like, "Oh yeah," and then it just says they fight. That's it. They fight. And they just. Like, it's like that's the, what's the winner of that? There is no winner. It's just an excuse to fight. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you guys for martial arts? Do you guys like martial arts comics that use superpowers mixed in with them? I actually like those, but stuff like Dragon Ball Z and stuff where it's actually like, yeah, I don't know. That stuff always kind of adds. I don't know. I'm asking maybe more Curtis this. I, I'm assuming he would be a yes if he just showed a Vegeta. <laughs> What, what? I'm sorry. You you were saying Dragon Ball or like what? Like, do you like martial arts that include superpowers in like addition to the martial arts? Like, if they learn a martial arts, they can throw a fireball or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you like I, that I like type it. of stuff? Yeah, I like uh, it. You know, I mean, I mean, it's it's a different thing. You know, it's a different yeah. genre. It's it's kind of like um, they call the wuja genre, which is like crouching tiger, hidden dragon kind of stuff. You know? Yeah, well, they, they they can float and stuff through the air. Yeah, yeah. Run, yeah. running I mean, across the tops of trees. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. 
Yeah, definitely. And some of that stuff has basis in reality, right? What it was realized is when you see all the stuff with them running on the walls, that was essentially like free running. I mean, they couldn't run along a huge wall, but you could, yeah. you, know, you could, you could run, you know, a couple steps on the wall, you know. Yeah, they, they were parkour. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say that sounds like parkour. Right. Yeah. 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 There's actually um, a technique called um, they call it in Chinese hing gong, which is lightness skill, which kind of is attributed to being able to like jump on walls and, and have that kind of high height. And um, what they do is, and there's footage of them, they get a huge basket and they fill it with rocks and you walk around the edge of the basket and each day you pull a rock out oh. until there's no more rocks. And then you have this lightness, this ability to be, uh, have, have lightness in how you, how you step. So, wow. yeah, I, I love that stuff. That's yeah. pretty cool. Can you do that? Hell no. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got I got less important things to do with my time. <laughs> you know, I like the, the story about how they how your uh, your teacher made you take Tai Chi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My Tai Chi is actually whether you may laugh, but Tai Chi is actually a very um, destructive martial art in its original form. You know, it's only uh, nowadays that it's become a, a health practice. But Tai Chi actually means grand ultimate fist. And uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 how somebody defeats somebody else. Um, Barb, do you mind if I jump on for a little bit? No, go ahead. Okay, thanks. Oh, surprise! Well, get I'm out gonna, of here. I'm gonna um, jump on. Yeah, there's a couple of. Uh, uh, Tommy says uh, Pete's one-liners are funny as heck. Ha! Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, Tommy, if you like Pete's one-liners this week, uh, I hope you didn't miss last week when uh, uh, we d- we decided that uh, his superpower was to dig holes and uh, or to create a hole yeah don't dig <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah create a hole and force you to get in it yeah get in the hole <laughs> uh, awesome power yeah, it is an awesome power uh Cassisi says uh, storm riders uh zoo warriors uh dragon tiger gate is another oh yeah that's great uh cameron christopher payne says shadows footlight as a shadow oh what was the shadow uh shadows footlight <laughs> Well, there's something called the no shadow kick, right? Um, or uh, in Cantonese, they call it mo ying gyak, the kick that is so fast that it does not cast a shadow. Oh. And um, and when you see it in, in the movie series, a real, it was a real kick. The guy like levitates in the air and does this rapid fire kick. Right? Oh yeah. And and so I, I studied the style that this famous practitioner did, and I asked my teacher. I said, okay, when do I get to learn the no shadow kick? And what it was is it's actually a way of disguising your kick. If, if I can if I can cover your eyes while I kick, right? That's a yeah. no shadow kick because it there's no telltale sign. So it's it's um yeah yeah so that's the idea right? Is anything could be a no shadow because a, a no shadow is uh, imperceptible. Right, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, fun stuff. The CC says LOL. Yeah. Um. Uh. Okay. So. Uh, he, he uh, CC also says Iron Monkey. I think they had that kick in the movie, the Donnie Yen version. Yeah, I, Iron Monkey is about um, uh, Wong Fei Hong, who's a very famous um, kung fu practitioner, and it's about his his early life story. And yeah, Donnie Yen's in it, and they they have the the no shadow kick in it. It's a fun movie if you haven't checked it out. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So, what else about uh, we're we're our, our clock is uh, slowly running out on us here. What about what else about martial arts comics? Have I not They're said awesome. you guys have just been dying to say awesome? They're awesome. <laughs> well, 
Well, if, if I could, could I, I, I brought some materials to share with the class, if I, if I Please can. Please do. All right. So um, if, this is a crazy one. It's based off of, most of you know, it's called Fist of the North Star. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Fist of the Blue Sky. This is a prequel series. And um, for those of you that are not familiar with this series, it's the original one is basically Mad Max with martial arts and exploding yeah. organs and heads. Right. Pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, the idea is the guy can hit somebody in a pressure point and then their head explodes. You can do that, right, that. Curtis? Oh no, no, no! I can give somebody indigestion. You know, that's probably. The best <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> You're going to be on the toilet all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you got and, and, and when it goes to that, you got to you got to be careful in teaching people stuff because I taught my daughter something and she and she ended or we taught our daughter something in when she was in school. And she did it, and she made the person throw up oh. in class. Oh, no. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. yeah the, the other one I pulled that is everybody knows about manga, but Chinese have their version of manga called Manhua. And um, they did a Street Fighter Chinese comic book series uh, based on the Street Fighter. Oh, that's uh, Street Sean. Fighter video game. Yeah, and it's um it's really cool because it's kind of like anime, but it has has a, a very different kind of feel to it, um with the line weight and things like that. You know, uh, do you ever um, read the Udon Street Fighter comics? Yeah, that was, those are pretty cool too. Yeah, I like those, those a lot. Cool too. Yeah, and, and this one's the, the classic um kung fu comic book from Hong Kong called the the Blood Sword Saga. And this one. Oh, that's cool. Well, now you're yeah, holding that really like cool. like a wall calendar. Yeah, That's the way it books, is. Yes, the books actually. The fun thing about about the Chinese kung fu comic books is they'll do interesting stuff. Like they'll start out with like pen and ink, and uh-huh. then one of the frames will be like a full a full watercolor image. Oh, hmm. I oh that's like cool. David Mack and those guys. Yeah, so, so those are those are some of my uh, some of my materials. I'm sure. Very yeah, cool. I, I think the, the only ones I mean, besides Ninja Turtles, I like Usagi Yojimbo, which I guess is that martial mm. arts. I guess you sure, know, I'm sure. not sure. Um, and then I like the street, the Street Fighter comics. Those are fun. I don't know if that's martial arts. It's more like superhero fighting, I think, with some martial arts. I mean, I'm not sure. I don't know. I think it was meant to be martial arts, right? I think, I think yeah. it was. But when, when you know, when they're throwing fireballs and stuff, it's it's fun. I, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't. I mean, I don't know much about. I don't study martial arts, but I don't think it's super realistic. I think it's more Street Fighter martial arts than actual martial arts. That's what I see. Yeah. yeah. So. No, definitely. Yeah, I think I think sometimes you know it's that fine line, right? There's martial arts, but then you have to entertain the reader, right? Right. I mean, I mean what's entertaining there's... about martial arts is all the like the flowery or the, the intense poses or stuff like that nature. Yeah. Yeah. So. Totally. Totally. So do you, do you think that because uh, you know martial arts movies are 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 very popular? Do you, do you think comics, uh, martial arts and comics can compete with that, or do you think there's there's completely two different? Uh, they're, they are two different beasts, but do you think that that uh, there's not a lot of room for crossover in the audiences? Well, it's totally this crossover. I mean, here's the thing with martial arts, right? If you look at any Marvel movie, they're doing martial arts. I mean, mm. it's like Captain America is literally doing martial arts moves. It's just that he's Captain America that we kind of suspend disbelief. But you know, and he favors the front kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big time, big time. Well, isn't there a yeah. Shang-Chi movie coming? Yeah. Yeah, yeah supposedly. Uh, if that's not yeah, heavily that. martial arts, they've missed a trick there, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah. You're right. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Heavily martial arts. 
yeah. It's funny. I usually, I usually tend to enjoy the martial arts movies more overseas than American ones. Some, and I think it's just because of energy. I mean, Jackie Chan has. I mean, the guy's just like a ball of energy. I mean, his his movies are more. I mean, it's martial arts, but it's mixed with martial arts and stunt work too. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of his movies. So, but um, yeah, there's I, just I, I like Ip Man quite a bit. Yeah, the Ip Man series is great. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really good. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. If, me and my favorite is always the the Once Upon a Time in China series, which is on yeah, I know Amazon you like that Prime one. now. Oh, that one is just the cinematography. It's the 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 guy who did it, um, Choi Hawk. He went ahead and he took this film franchise that was like like Bond almost. I mean, he had like over 180 films about this one person, and then uh, he went and trained in film in uh, Texas of all places, and then went back to Hong Kong. So he has this very almost Steven Spielberg, like American sensibility to how he films it, you know? So that, that's a great series. Yeah. I like the, uh, the one I liked was the one from Indonesia. I can't think of the name. There was the first one where the, the SWAT team gets trapped in the building. They're trying to get out. What is the name of that series? Oh, the raid, right? The raid. The raid. Yeah. The yeah. raids are fun. Yeah. But again, that's, that's a mix between stunt work and martial arts. Uh, I mean, yeah. they're stuntmen, which, which I think kind of goes hand in hand. I mean, I think a lot of, you know, martial arts, besides the fighting is a lot of like uh, doing extreme moves or extreme stunts mixed in, which I think is more like how far can they push it? But um, oh, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I, I like, I like it. those movies a lot. Another great martial arts movie. Uh, what's his name? Oh, God, I'm trying to remember, yeah, but it's, oh, yes. it's Muay Thai. It's yeah. Muay Thai. Oh, um, Bak or Yeah. Um, yeah. I think yeah, that's the same guy in the raid, isn't it? Isn't that the same guy? Tony Jaw. Uh, Tony Tony okay, yeah, I couldn't remember if it was the same guy or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, I, I got to interview um one of the stars of It Man for um Scott Adkins, who does a lot of martial arts films, and uh, really, really interesting guy. Talking to him about all that stuff, and he, and you know he's in his forties now, which you know isn't that old, but he's getting older, and it, it's just fascinating to hear about how hard it is as you get older to maintain that kind of stuff for the screen. You know, yeah. It, it, the funny thing is, you hear Michael J. White talking about the talking about it, the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like he, he like yeah. he doesn't age. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I guess if we could all be Michael J. White, right? <laughs> I, I guess because uh, I think he could still not hit a heavy bag and not and break the chains. Yeah. Well, you know, what, one of the one of the stories about about like a fight that I had a friend that worked in a bar and, and he was talking about this one old Greek guy that used to come in. This is a really good martial artist. The guy would play pool. And um, one day some college frat guys came in and they wanted to kick him off the pool table. And this old timer said, you know, give me a minute, I'll be done. And they got in his face and called him, hey, you old man, and you know, all this stuff. And he looked at them and he got his, he had a cigar in his hand. He goes, I'm going to give you three seconds to get out of my face. And he goes, one, two, he takes a puff of his cigar and blows it in their face and while they're distracted he took the cigar and put it in their ear <laughs> oh, the wow. and and then took the pull stick and beat the hell out of the guy i've seen and that then, before <laughs> yeah, it's similar yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and then the other yeah. one is my, my my friend's master did the funniest thing he uh some guy came into the the kung fu studio in chinatown and basically was saying hey i i, I won't say the word that you see he says i want to fight the the chinaman but we know what word he was using that uh-huh. here there's a Chinaman here who thinks he's tough. And he said, he said, where's the master? So the master stood up and surprised the students and said to them, said to the guy, he said, you know, master's out of town, but I'm his student. Maybe I can help you. And he, he, he beat the hell out of the guy. 
picked him, picked him up by the belt and, and the, the collar and threw him out the door and then sat down and started puffing a cigarette. And the student said to him, they said, master, I mean, why didn't you admit that it was you? And he took a drag of the cigarette and he goes, you know, if he thinks the student is this good, imagine how good he's going to think the master is. <laughs> that, that's good martial arts. That's like really good yeah. That's right. Hum, humble. <laughs> Curtis, what if, what did you what do you think of uh, uh, Bruce Lee's little sound that he always made? You know that was he was the only one that does that, but that's become he is so prolific that that's become you know. Um, synonymous with martial arts i mean every yeah, time i do yeah. martial arts you know i hear the sound of like a cat being castrated coming out of somebody's voice you know oh, and it's like, like <laughs> <laughs> so, that's yeah. exactly what it sounds you know? like yeah we always went hey hey like yeah. that yeah 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 but the, yeah. the truth is with anything including martial arts you're never as cool as you think you are i had a friend who was doing tai chi tai chi in the park right and he was it was looking beautiful and he was doing all the motions and this father and daughter walked over and they were looking at him. And he said, he told me, he said, Curtis, I felt so cool when I was doing the maneuver. And the little girl said, daddy, what is he doing? And the father said, pay no attention to him, honey. He's a mime. He's a mime? They just think you want to grab your stuff. That's the way life is, you know, the moment you think you're cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right well it's 1101 here we're probably ought to call it a night uh it's okay. been a fun one uh for those of you who are still with us uh i, I, I th- next week uh it's going to be something uh very different so um so tune in next week as as we're going to all i'm going to let you know is that we're going to do some uh dramatic i don't know what to call it yet i'll think of something before then but dramatic theater reading. voice acting some kind of dramatic making reading. fools of yourself <laughs> yeah so i don't uh, need help doing that <laughs> so uh and and we're gonna we're gonna have some fun I'll, I'll try to set you guys up a little bit before uh so you don't come in completely unprepared uh on on sunday but uh, we're gonna have some fun with it uh it's gonna be something that uh something different something we've never done before and and you know if we can get this to work I, i've got ideas for some good um some good listener interaction for us down the road, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, Wednesday way I will be doing that, uh, this coming Wednesday as well. So if you guys tune into them, you're going to see how uh, they handle the first, uh, first go round and then we'll do it on, uh, on Sunday as well. Uh, so thank you all, uh, uh, for, uh, for tuning in with us tonight. Uh, Cassisi says, have a good night. All, uh, Cameron Christopher Payne says, love, love hanging with you all. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you guys for, for, uh, hanging with us and for the rest of you, if you're watching it, uh, uh, on the, on the replay, on the, on the tape delay, whatever, <laughs> appreciate you tuning in. Um, as we, as we call it a night, uh, thanks to everyone who backed the Silverline double feature team beetle and switchblade. Uh, we're going to uh, get busy to work for the next couple of weeks prepping it so that we can get it to the printer and get it fulfilled to you. Um, I have a gentleman's bet with, um, uh, with uh, our friend Martin Piero over at Cosmic Times as to who can fulfill first. Um, so uh, Martin Martin thinks he's going to get it done, and I tell him, ha, 
that's not going to be the case. It's going to be a silver line. So it's a gentleman's gentleman's bet between the two. Basically, if you're like wondering, oh, Roland, you don't bet. You're right. I'm not a betting. I'm not a betting guy. But basically, we said the next time we do a show, um, the loser has to buy the burger after after the show is <laughs> over. So, uh, so that's what we're doing. Thank you for listening to the Silverline Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.